0: Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Shannon Meadows. Shannon was previously VP of Sales and Operations for Blackboard Inc. where she worked on a $182 million acquisition between NTI Group and Blackboard Connect. As Chief Revenue Officer, Shannon leads the sales and customer success organizations at Biblio. She's an industry expert in edtech and digital publishing sales and go-to-market strategies. She has led companies in C-level roles in sales, marketing, and business development, building several startup businesses, resulting in successful company equity events. Welcome to the show, Shannon. I'm so excited to have you on. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks so much. Great. Shannon, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career
1: journey and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Well, I studied in college uh, creative writing as well as I had a computer science minor. And so I got into the technology industry in that way. And uh, later in my career, I was encouraged to get into sales. And at one point uh, when I was with Macromedia, it was just at the um, dot-com crash in the 90s. When the company had done some research and assessed that uh, about thirty percent of their business was coming in through the education sector, and they wanted to make that a dedicated area of focus for the company, and asked me to lead their sales organization uh, in that part of the company, and that's how I got into ed tech and. Uh, kind of took that left turn from just technology sales and sales leadership. And I've been there ever since. I've really enjoyed uh, the ed ed tech sales environment.
0: That's great. You really made me, you took me back to macromedia. I remember that. (laughs) That was a long time ago, but that was great. So can you define
1: ed tech or education technology, as you would put it? Sure. The way I would uh, would call uh, uh, or the way I would describe ed tech is the um, the uh, the development of of technology solutions for the education industry, which could be higher education, K twelve education, um, online education, on ground education, and in some areas, I would say even corporate the corporate learning space.
0: Nice, okay, so it really encompasses anything in the learning environment, right? That's great. So why is education tech so important?
1: Well, I think it's important for a couple of reasons. One is uh, if you think about an education institution, it's really uh, an enterprise at some level with a different mission than a business might have, but uh, they need to implement digital just like a business does and Uh, And so there are many uh, institutions are going through what they call digital transformation uh, Mm -hmm. in in so many areas, not only in the technology that does the administrative functions like, um, you know, a CRM or um, accounting systems, but also the technology that uh, enables their mission, which is learning. And Mm -hmm. so transforming those enterprises is part of what education technology does, transforming them digitally. But I think even more important uh, than that is really uh, the uh, fostering of social mobility, because um, education, I truly believe, and I think studies would show, is a way that people are upwardly mobile in society. And so... um, What I think is important about digital uh, education, I'm sorry, about education technology is that it helps to uh, expand the access to education and also lower the cost of education and uh, provide it to more people, thereby enhancing their social mobility.
0: Yeah, that's great. It is very, very important. And you defined it very, very well, Um, you know, education technology is in everything we do we need to always be continuously learning we never should stop because i say you know if you stop learning then you're dead you're you're not growing right Mm -hmm. so yeah so i think that's very important so how does education technology intersect with current news trends
1: well, I think there are a couple, a couple trends that immediately come to mind. One is the loan forgiveness program that's been mm-hmm. a college uh, student debt forgiveness that we've mm-hmm. been hearing so much about in the news, and there's been a recent program announced. Um, that's one area because the reason we need loan forgiveness is the cost of education has increased so uh, exponentially over the past 20 years. Uh, for a variety of reasons, one of which is that the government's not funding it as much as the government used to. And secondly um, another news story that I've seen recently was um, colleges and their discounting um, methodologies which may not be evident uh, that to certain students that they might be able to get a better price than they're actually getting
0: mm-hmm. yeah so
1: uh, yeah I think those are two two trends. Um, that where education technology is relevant. Yeah, that makes complete
0: sense. And um, it is sad to see that our costs are increasing every day on learning, right? And so it's sad because we all need to make that part of our lives and if it becomes cost prohibitive, then it becomes really challenging for some people. And we don't have equity in that area, but that's, that's something that, you know, is a bigger problem to solve, but uh, just really interesting.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. And, and, you know, education is in the news all the time. So mm-hmm. another topic that comes to mind even is the um, impact on K-12 education during the pandemic and mm-hmm. the, um, the reading and, and math scores. So yeah, it, it I think is relevant to so many aspects of our lives.
0: True, very true. So what is it like to be a disruptor in the edutech edu- 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 space? <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Well, I really think it's exciting, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I've enjoyed uh, I've enjoyed being a disruptor in the edutech space. I've been in this space now um, for, you know, over 20 years. And I've been with several startups that have been new category products and um one one example is um, a company that was called the NTI Group, which was uh, purchased by Blackboard mm-hmm. uh, for one hundred and eighty two million dollars in two thousand and eight right before that downturn. and uh, that was a um a uh, mass calling tool uh, that we were introducing it was was widely used in the k twelve space it was mm-hmm. um, uh, used for snow days and and that sort of thing to close school. But in the higher ed space, they didn't think they needed it. Like, uh, for example, the CIO of a major university in Arizona said to me there was no point in uh, needing to call people because of a snow day in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then, tra- tragically, there was the uh, shooting at um, Virginia Tech that occurred. Mm-hmm. And uh, suddenly, all the people we talked to said they wouldn't need um, – um, uh, um, mass notification product. S- suddenly, everybody realized they needed one because you may or may not recall when that happened. But the president of Virginia Tech came on um, the news that day and said we had no way to call 14,000 people and tell them not to come to school. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there was a way to do that was which was this technology. And so suddenly. Um, Just the floodgates open and everybody had to have one immediately. And it was really an amazing uh, market transformation experience to go through having that level of demand and then having a, um, you know, really ultimately leading to uh, a company like Blackboard being interested in, in acquiring the company.
0: It's amazing how, you know, circumstances make us change and think differently. The pandemic is a really good example because we have been in the learning, virtual learning space for about seven years now. And there were still customers that wanted in-person, face-to-face. They would not even consider virtual learning and then the pandemic changed everything and they said wow we can do this and it's really productive and it's cost savings we can even access our people while they are in the classroom and so really really interesting how you know even like you said with uh, Virginia Tech the mass notification is so critical but sometimes you don't realize it till you get into a situation that you need it.
1: That's absolutely the case. And uh, you're absolutely right about the pandemic because there were so many institutions who thought, Oh, that is just too hard. We can't go online. There are Mm -hmm. so many college presidents I've spoken to over the past several years who you said, Oh, we just never thought we could do it. And they were able to go online in record time and I think surprised themselves at how well their organizations adjusted. Yeah, adapt to. That's really true. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about BibliU
0: and uh, what types of problems are you solving? in order to bring more value to students?
1: Yes, thank you. BibliU is a learning enablement platform that empowers higher education institutions to streamline their textbook and courseware workflows to achieve greater student outcomes, affordability, and ultimately social mobility. And basically what that means is that we are helping schools to lower the cost of education by lowering the cost of course materials. So we help them um, take the book list, the list of content their professors have said are required for the courses. We match those exact books. We don't ask them to change the books in digital form. And we make those available on or before the first day of class for every single student in the school. Wow. So do you actually convert them from physical to digital? Uh, we have a database of digital content and we uh-huh. we obtain that from the publishers. So usually the publishers have done that digital conversion.
0: That's great. What percentage
1: uh, do you find that you're able to
0: satisfy on that content?
1: Sure. Uh, usually I'd say in the range of 85 to 90 percent of yes. a, any given book list.
0: Very nice that, you know, sometimes you wouldn't think that it would be that high, but it is. So there is definitely a need and. You know, we in our learning environments, we always teach people that there's so much more you can do in a virtual environment and in, in an, a technical online environment that you can't do physically, like search for a given, you know, word that you want to go back and look it up and read on it, or go back to a certain bookmark or, you know, whatever. And physical books just don't allow you that luxury to to get there fast. So that's really interesting.
1: Yes, I agree that um, digital offers so much. And one of the other things that it offers is analytics so mm-hmm. that uh, the faculty or the administrators can see uh how much books are actually being used, you know, which chapters are being read um or which chapters are not and then also um, whether students have been engaging with the reading material which is something you just can't do with a physical book
0: that's right that's so important to see and then they can adjust their their curriculum and their teaching based on what they found and you know if the majority of people are reading these four chapters and skipping this chapter and they're still getting good results on their tests and those types of things, there's something to be said about that. And they can look at that kind of information and make decisions as to what is the best use of the learning classroom time.
1: That's exactly right. And digital also aligns very nicely with online learning, obviously, because the book is right there within the uh, learning management system, Mm -hmm. right there within the course.
0: Now, do you find that when you're doing that digitally that they most of the students should have dual monitors?
1: Well, that's a great question. Um, That's not something that people necessarily feel is needed. Mm -hmm. I find that um, a lot of people use their tablets to read or sometimes even their phones. So I think Mm -hmm. if they're really immersed in reading, they might be doing it uh, on a device like that. But if they're Referencing things—it's probably uh, just as as uh, feasible on a laptop as well. Okay, that's great. That's great. So
0: they don't have to have any additional investment in additional monitors or, you know, devices. So that's really great. No, no and All another right. another
1: okay. another advantage is that they can also read offline or online. So sometimes uh, the concern of wireless access is raised in. Ah, uh, rural, uh, yeah, rural locations with community colleges, for example, and the students can download the book while they're online and consume the content while they're offline. So when they're offline, they're consuming the content. When they go back
0: online, does it update the reporting on that? It does. That's great. That's great. Okay. So I'm a huge fan of continuous learning. I said, you know, earlier that I feel like if you're not continuously learning you're dead. <laughs>
1: so okay. can you share your thoughts as to why it is so important? Yes. Well, I think, uh, there are a variety of reasons. Uh, uh I personally am actually just embarking upon a uh, completely online, a master in fine arts degree. So yeah. I'm, uh, personally consuming, <laughs> uh, online continuous learning, which is, uh, you know, an area of interest of mine. That's very different than my career, obviously. Um, And uh, it's also very important, I think, uh, for people to be able to continue to advance in their careers. Uh, A lot of people are wanting to and need to gain extra additional skills in various fields to either get a promotion or get a new job that they like. And uh, one thing I think that's become very evident during the pandemic is, you know, there's been the great resignation and a lot of movement of people to different jobs, different careers, different opportunities. And I think uh, the ability to gain more uh, knowledge and skills enables people to do that.
0: That's great because then you're continuously growing as well. It's not just continuously learning for learning's sake, but you're growing. You're getting a new career, maybe you're exploring what what things are gaps in your skill set that maybe you can pick up, and that's that's really really smart.
1: Yeah, there are areas like um, you know, um, cybersecurity, for example. Or uh, various certifications and new software tools, I think are areas where people really feel they can increase their their pay and salaries by by mm-hmm. gaining those certifications.
0: That's great. That's great. Now, um, you've been in this business for over twenty years, like you said. As you look back on your career, is there anything that you wished you had known about leading a tech business or or in the business that you're in? that you wish you had known then
1: well there are so many things yeah <laughs> we all <Hindsight>. have a, <laughs> that's right uh, hindsight is 2020 um yep. but I would say um a few things one is uh well one thing I discovered midway through my career which I wish I'd known about earlier was uh, actually a resource it's a book called uh, FYI mm-hmm. um have you heard of it I have not, but I made a note. <laughs> <laughs> it stands for For Your Improvement. And yep. it's a list of the 65 or so competencies, defined competencies that are needed in business. And it describes them. It describes why they're important. It describes what good looks like, what bad looks or, you know, overused. They don't mm-hmm. say the word bad. Mm-hmm. Overuse looks like. And, and then it has um, a list of, Exercises you could go through to improve and also a bibliography, you know, a set of reading material for each one. That's great. I have to go get (laughs) that. It's an excellent book. It's not inexpensive, but it's been such a good resource and you can really go through it and objectively see things that you personally could improve on or you could coach others to improve on. Um, and then also, in addition, I, um, I think another thing that uh, is really important to keep in mind, especially in a business like the EdTech business, is the balance between the mission um, of the company and the uh, value drivers for investors. Because really, at the end of the day, my experience has been, it's real... Very much of what occurs in the company is about the growth that investors are looking mm-hmm. for and their ultimate goal at the end, you know, to recoup their investment, mm-hmm. whether it's through a sale or, or other means. And so many of the employees are very focused on the mission. And uh-huh. what is it we're doing for society? What am I contributing by being part of this company? And uh, I think balancing those two things is, um, is an important thing to be able to do.
0: I completely agree. And, and many companies don't have that balance because either they're focused on you know, the value for investors or they're focused on the mission and don't think of both. And they're so critical. Both are so critical. So that's really a great point.
1: Yes. And, you know, the other thing, which it's kind of um, something people talk a lot about, but I, uh, but, but I really do think it, it, it makes a huge impact. And that's culture, uh, Mm -hmm. the company culture. So the ability to, um, you know, truly develop a culture where people feel that they uh, feel empowered. They feel like they are genuinely working together, not against each other. Um, and, um, everybody respects the contributions of others. And Mm -hmm. that's just not, not an easy thing to, to identify or to uh, create, but it is when it's there and when it exists, it's really a, a great experience.
0: Yeah, that
1: is so true. Culture
0: is so, so important for any business to thrive and succeed. And, you know, I I was proud to say towards um, probably 2019 and on, we had come up with such a great culture in our organization. And that was from a lot of communication, a lot of inclusion, a lot of transparency that brought people's hearts and minds into the company and that I thought was so important and I didn't realize how great it was till, you know, we start looking at other companies and say, wow, we were really, really good and I'm not just patting myself on the back, it just really turned out, you know, that, that balance of all those things really worked.
1: Yeah, it's so gratifying when that happens and mm-hmm. it's, um, it's uh, kind of a magical thing that's, that's not so easy to achieve it's not it took me years and years to get there but you know when we got
0: there you could really tell everybody was on the right seat on the bus everybody was contributing everybody felt included everybody's voice was heard you know all of those things are so important and it is really hard to do but if you focus on it and you really make it your priority you can do it i think so too i think it's doable yeah No. very very important i'm glad you touched on culture um All right. So I love to travel. I don't know about you, but I love to travel. So I always throw this question in here. So where is your favorite place that you've traveled to and
1: why? Gosh, that's such a great question (laughs) uh, and and a hard one to answer, too. Um, It doesn't have to be one place because some people have multiples, you know. Yes, yes. Well, I would have to say um, some of the best trips I've had, uh, my husband and I are are sailors. And so uh, we've gone uh, to various places, rented a sailboat and taken it out for, you know, between five and ten days. Mm-hmm. And we've done that in the Caribbean and also the South Pacific. And I would have to say those are my favorite trips. Oh, my gosh. That is such a hard thing to do, to you know, sail
0: a sailboat. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's just so much involved in it. I know my friend um, in Chicago had one and we went on a boat ride with her and her husband and it was constant doing things. It was just all,
1: all the time. So you must really enjoy it. We do enjoy it, but speaking of uh, continual learning, you know, we went yes. and got certified. So we uh-huh. went, and learned how, and and got a certification in order to be able to rent the boats. So uh, that was a good outcome of, of continual learning. And great that you and your husband did something together. You know, that's that's so awesome as well. Yes, it was really great. How about you? What is your uh, What is one of your favorite places you've gone? I think Italy would have
0: to be my favorite place because. You know, just the culture there, the people there, the food, the atmosphere, the uh, architecture, all of it came together for me and we went maybe 10 years ago 10 or 15 years ago and it's still like one of my favorite places and we hadn't been to all of the cities in Italy so I want to go back now even though I have so many other places to go to that I'm like I can't go a second time anywhere because I have to get to the places I want to go but I think you know the Amalfi Coast and um, that area I think I definitely want to explore because I haven't been there.
1: Sounds amazing. We're just planning a trip to um, Italy, actually. And uh, we were thinking of going to Rome and then taking what uh, I've read about the high-speed train to Mm -hmm. Florence. But yes. I have you taken that? I'm wondering. We haven't. Uh, we actually
0: drove, but uh-huh. we went to Rome, and I highly recommend Rome. Even if you sit in a little cafe and people watch <laughs> for you know a half an hour or an hour, it is so much fun. I love Rome and awesome. the fashion and the people and the hustle and bustle. I would not recommend driving in rome we didn't drive in rome but um but then we we rented a car after that and then we drove everywhere but taking the train to florence is like the best thing because then you don't have to worry about getting a ticket or anything like that
1: (laughs) yeah i was just i was hoping that the train um was really fast uh, Mm -hmm. because uh uh in the old days, you used to hear about the trains in Italy being slow. So I was curious yeah. if, it, if it truly is uh, Did it reliable. say how long it takes normally? An hour and a half.
0: Okay, that's not bad at all. I think right? it's much longer by car.
1: Yes, it sounds yeah. very
0: fast. Yeah, it does sound fast. I think they've improved it over the years and you'll be able to enjoy it. Their trains. We did take a train. I'm trying to think. This was in Spain, though. Spain, uh, Barcelona to Madrid. And it was such a pleasant experience because they had Wi-Fi. They had plugs. They had everything to make your life really easy. You know, (laughs) not not that it let you unplug, which you should do, but
1: (laughs) it was nice. It was really nice. We need more of that here in the United States. Yeah. So when will you be going to Italy? Which month? We were th- we were thinking of going in November, but ah. we haven't booked our flights, so it's still uh it's still in, in the planning stage.
0: All right. Well, you'll have to keep me posted. Let me know how it went. Send me some pictures.
1: <laughs> I will. I will. Yeah. You can live vicariously.
0: That's right. That's right. No, that's great. Well, Shannon, this was such a pleasure, such an honor
1: to have you on the show. Please share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you. Uh, yes, absolutely. My, uh, e- my email is Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N, at Bibliu.com, B-I-B-L-I-U.com. And I'm uh, on LinkedIn, uh, Shannon Meadows, and also Twitter at Shannon Meadows.
0: Nice. Well, thank you again. It was an honor and a pleasure to have you. And hopefully you'll join us on another show sometime.
1: Oh, thanks so much. Uh, It was a real pleasure to be invited and I really enjoyed it.
0: Great. Thank you, Shannon.
1: Take care. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to
0: subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week.
1: From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions, covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.